It's Daily Thunder, the special holiday edition. The Ellerslie campus is closed through Christmas break, but Daily Thunders are still booming forth daily through this podcast. For those of you that like to enjoy Daily Thunder live and in person on the Ellerslie campus, mark your calendars for our relaunch on Monday, January 13th. To learn more about our discipleship programs or to support this podcast, visit ellerslie.com. This episode is a part of a special series entitled The 12 Days of Christmas and is delivered by Eric Ludi. Merry Christmas. This is a special day for all of us. You know, it's a special day for anyone in the world that celebrates Christmas, that grew up with the traditions of Christmas. But for us as Christians, this is such a marvelous day of reflection and celebration. Most of us even forget. We get caught up in trees, lights, gifts, that we forget the beauty of what Christ has done. That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I mean, what an incredible thing to ponder and to remember. So on this special day, I just want to say to all of you that are listening, uh, I just hope that this is a very, very special day in your life. For those of you that love Christmas and have greater energy on Christmas Day, I I pray that you would just have a, a day of great fullness, but that you would not forget those that are uh, struggling today. And for those of you that are struggling today, I pray that God would increase in your life today and encourage you. And just freshly turn your chin upward, lift, lift up your, your face to just see his smile today and his love for you. This message is called House of Bread. And it's an interesting title, but there's a place that it comes from. And I'm going to read Micah 5.2 which is in the Old Testament, a messianic passage talking about the Messiah that is going to come. But thou Bethlehem Ephrata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. We know that this Messiah is going to come and we know he is going to come to Bethlehem. So the word in the Hebrew is Bethlehem. Didn't I sound Hebrew uh, when I said that? It's an interesting word to break down, too, because it means house. Beit means house. And lachem basically means food in, in a specific sense, or in a general sense, but in a specific sense, it can mean bread. So what you have is a house of bread, or it could be a house of food, okay, which is a very interesting statement because there is no accident on everything. Everything about the life of Jesus. Why did God pick this town? Okay, he doesn't do anything on accident. Everything is done on purpose. And in the Hebrew culture, every name matters. Each name has weight and significance to it. So the Messiah is going to come, and he's going to be born in Bethlehem. And so it could mean house of bread or house of food. It could also mean house of the food of God, which is interesting. And it could also mean body of God become food which if you know the Gospels, that's even more profound because you recognize that Jesus has come to give up his life, to become bread and wine, which is what the communion meal is all about. He's saying, hey, you need to eat this. You need to partake of what I've given to you. So today, the name of the town is Beit Lam. Bethlehem bears the modern name Beit Lam, which means house of flesh. 
It's interesting because in the Old Testament, we deal with bread and this bread that comes down from heaven. So all of this should not be lost on us. And it's also fascinating. I wish I could just talk about this, but the word in the Hebrew for manna is man. And what it means is, what is it? That's actually what it means. It's a question like, huh, what's this stuff? And they didn't know what it was. What is it? And well, for whatever reason, the Bible refers to this as bread. I'm not exactly sure why it would be considered bread, but it's bread coming down from heaven, right? It's, it's manna. If you were to put an aw in front of that, an aleph in front of a Hebrew aleph, like an A in front of it, you get amen, which is the exact opposite of a question like, what is this? It's the firmness of faith. Amen is how we say it. It's one of the most popular, if not the most used word in all of history is that word amen. Some people think it's Coca-Cola, but amen (laughs) is literally one of the most used words, one of the most famous and familiar words in all of history. And it's actually the concept of faith. So isn't that fascinating that we have this one who is gonna come down from heaven and some will reject him and say, what is this? And some will literally have faith and amen. And Jesus is actually called the amen. So it's just fascinating to recognize how close that word is. And the other thing that's, like I said in a previous episode, it's like the English language is like, you sort of stare at it and go, it's man that comes down from heaven. The man that comes down from heaven that is going to become food for us. I mean, everything about this is like, I know that that's not what that's saying, but wow, it's hard as an English speaker not to see it. So Ruth 1.6, Ruth is an incredible picture of the Messiah. Okay, the town of Bethlehem is the key town. And so uh, you're going to see that this kinsman redeemer uh, is going to live in Bethlehem. But Ruth is going to come back to Bethlehem with Naomi. That's where she is from. And says she had heard that the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. And this is going to cause her to return to the house of bread where she is going to run into Boaz, the kinsman redeemer, a picture of Jesus in the lineage of Jesus. And uh, we're going to see a redemption story. I mean, it's just, it's profound. Exodus 16, 15. When the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, it is manna, or man, for they knew not what it was. And Moses said unto them, this is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. Oh, there's the gospel right there. What is it? That's not, the, that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for a mighty general, military general to come and destroy the Romans. What? What's this? But he's born in Bethlehem of the lineage of David. Everything matches. Yeah, but that, that's not what we're looking for. And unless you can recognize him as the amen, as the amon, then you miss it all. John 6, 5 through 6. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Isn't that, isn't that a great line of Jesus? He knows exactly what he's doing. He's, he is the one that supplies the bread. He knows that, but he's asking Philip, do you know? Do you know where the bread's gonna come from? Jesus knows. So dipnon. So this, is, that, this word in the Greek is actually the evening meal. We're going to understand it as communion. So the partaking of the unblemished life. So Jesus is going to set forth a practice. Okay? It's, it's, we're going to see a conversion of the Passover meal 
in the Old Testament into a dipnon in the New because he's fulfilling it. He is the Passover lamb. He is the meal. And if I were to go into greater detail of how they handled the paschal lamb, that it's supposed to stay in one house, it's never supposed to go outside. They put the, the you know, the first pa- Passover, they put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost before they left Egypt. Everything about the paschal lamb and the Passover is fulfilled in Jesus. I mean, it is just profound. But what is the paschal lamb? It's a meal. That lamb is a meal. And so we recognize that Jesus is the holy lamb of God who has come to take away the sins of the world. And it's not just that we are to know that. We are to partake. We are to receive that meal. So this meal, this communion, as we would oftentimes say, the Lord's Supper is a partaking of the unblemished life. It's a sacred evening meal, the Messiah's feast. Isn't that an interesting term for it? Symbolizing salvation in the kingdom. John 6, 53 through 58, a very unusual passage that is very strange for us to know how to swallow and understand. No pun intended on the swallow thing there. Then Jesus said unto them, verily, verily, which ironically is amen, amen. (laughs) Why they translate the most famous word in all of history to verily, verily, which none of us know what that means, but we know what amen, amen is. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except you eat the body of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoso eats my body and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day, for my body is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eats my body and drinks my blood dwells in me, and I in him. As a living Father has sent me, I live by the Father. So he that eats me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven. Oh, guys, he's going back to our bread that's coming down from heaven. Remember Bethlehem? You see, he's come down to the house of bread. He came down for a purpose, and that was to give us his life. This is that bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eats of this bread shall live forever. The kingdom meal of Christ, the Lord's dipnon, Remember that evening meal, the Messiah's feast? It's a sacred covenant meal. It signifies an exchange of life. It's interesting because the, in the Jewish practice for proposal, if a man was proposing to a girl, he would set a glass of wine in front of her. And so it's fascinating to just sort of recognize that Jesus is literally entering into a proposal with a bride, which is fascinating. And it's at this dipnon. It's at this evening meal. And... But before he does, what's he going to do? He's going to remove his outer garment, bend his knee, and wash her feet. And But we see as a covenant. You see, when a, when a woman drinks that glass that is set before her, she is agreeing. She is taking in the life. She is taking in as a symbol of entering into a covenantal agreement. And so we recognize that when we are doing this meal, which is, is a symbol, it is, because we are not saved by baptism in water, for instance. We're not saved by communion elements. Those are external declarations of an internal reality that is by faith. You see, we believe in Jesus and then receive him in as food into our life. What does food do? It moves in and supplies us with its strength so that we can live. And so what we see is Jesus says, I want to actually, in reality, move inside of you. You see, he's more than just bread and juice He's the Spirit of God moving in to overtake our life. 
But this is a covenant meal. In a covenant, there's an exchange. That's the concept of covenant. So it's like a marriage. It's saying, glass of wine in front, will you marry me? And then when you participate in that and partake of it, you are saying, yes, I will enter into covenant with you. So I am going to receive your life, but here's my life in exchange. I'm going to receive all that you have, but here's all I have in return. Jesus Christ has given us all he has. And as a result, the proper response, what a great Christmas meditation, especially on a day when we have a tendency to think about getting instead of giving. But the essence of what Christ came to do was to give. And so just as our final meditation, he gives us his life. And so what do we say? My life for his. He gives us his body. And so what do we say? My body for his. He gives us his blood, his life. What do we say? My blood for his. He gives us his very name. So what do we say? My name, my reputation for his. He gives us his glory. What do we say? I give up my reputation, my fame, my renown for yours. You see, we are being asked by the living God if we would receive the fullness of his life. Many of us are so concerned about giving up, we actually think it's unfair. It's like, you can't ask for so much, Jesus. Jesus is giving us the inheritance of the kingdom of heaven, and we have a little handful of pebbles. Our life, our body, our blood, our name, and our glory, how pathetic is that in light of who he is? So he says, look, I'm ready to give you all of who I am. But you're holding on quite dearly to your little life there, Eric. Would you be willing to give up your life so that you could could receive the fullness of mine? There's no greater thought that we could have on a Christmas day but to realize that Jesus Christ has given us everything and the least we could do is give everything back to him. This is a love relationship. This is like a covenantal marriage ceremony. Let's say, as the good bride ought in a situation like this, I will and I do. Father, Merry Christmas. Thank you for giving your son to us. Thank you for the coming. Thank you for the birth. Thank you for the gift. Thank you for the sacrifice. You've given everything to us, Lord. Here we are in return. Take us. Use us for your glory, honor, and praise. Amen. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Our live Daily Thunder online stream and our live in-studio Daily Thunder experience will be starting back on Monday, January 13th when our team returns from their much-deserved holiday break. Meanwhile, we encourage you to plan a visit to our beautiful Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado for a day, a week, or an entire season of gospel-centered spiritual training. Learn more at ellerslie.com. Thanks for listening. Thank <laughs> you.